Fuelful Warriors, episode 40. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A sacrifice of their being and way of life. We think of 300, we think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It's always does the right thing at all costs. Professional yogi, Justin Blajewski. Doing the hard work, walking down the path that most usually give up on, and watching all the sacrifices you make along the way. Hey, what's going on, Warriors? I am Timothy Lawson, host of Fuel for Warriors. This week's episode brings us Justin Blajewski. He's a friend of mine uh, in the D.C. area that does yoga uh, and other healing arts, and uh, I decided decided to bring him on to talk about how yoga has helped him, his journey of discovering it, and how... He's paying it back to veterans through a uh, organization called Vetoga that he organized. Uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Justin. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk-takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockAndLoadJava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. All right, Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Fuel for Warriors. This week's guest is my friend Justin Blajewski. Is that right? That's right. Ah, I got it. Ah, I got it. And I only, I, I probably only got it right because I did that video on you where I had, where I probably recited your name a number of times <laughs> while recording audio for that, so I had to get used to saying it. It, it looks like Blade Juski. Yeah, it's bad, like Blade Juski. Yeah, which is um interesting, but it's Blaze Juski. Uh, Justin, you and I connected. It's probably been about a year. Maybe? Yeah, I think it's been, a, actually, I think it was, yeah, January was a year time frame, so a little over a year, maybe? Um, we we met uh, through mutual friends uh, in the veteran space, and I quickly learned about what Justin does um, with a uh, with his effort, Vetoga. Uh, and Vetoga, as I mentioned in the intro, is a, uh, it's a yoga class. Uh, I guess it's more than just a class, right? It's the, it's the, it's the, um, the whole community uh, bringing veterans together and their and their supporters, which I think is really important, um, and get in uh, helping them learn about yoga. Um, and what vet toga isn't, unfortunately, is a toga party for vets. <laughs> Not yet. We can we Not can yet. implement that later. I think that that I think it was a fundraising. It was a fundraising idea we came up with. Yeah. So Justin, um, I've been looking forward to asking you this because I think that this is a uh, it's a unique question for everybody, and we haven't had someone we've had we haven't had a yogi answer this question yet. As a veteran and as a yogi and as anything else that best informs this, what to you is a warrior? Well, you know, not to to state the obvious, but of course, those brave men and women who have served and continue to serve our nation's freedom is you know what first comes to mind. But uh, being a marine, being a, a veteran, being a yogi. It's it's changed my view of what a warrior is, and through walking this path that I'm on, it's doing the hard work, walking down the path that most usually give up on, 
and watching all the sacrifices you make along the way to get there and to see others and their sacrifices that they make to get to their goals of a life of service and doing the right thing, even when everything in the world is working against them. How has your study of yoga and mindfulness and spirituality and all that, how has that informed how you feel about the warrior ethos? Well, you know, being a Marine and then as a veteran and a contractor spending well over a decade in Iraq, Afghanistan, multiple tours back and forth, um, you know, doing the work out there, you see the results of what you think a warrior is and what we're programmed to think as a Marine. And you feel like you're doing the right thing. And I still feel that way. But that's only part of the battle. When you come home and you deal with your own demons and you see the suicides that we're seeing, we see the veteran population not getting what they deserve. It's how can we serve these that have served us? And that's where the challenges come in for me and my passion and my struggles and that I continue on to serve is how do I help these this demographic? How do I continue to serve with my capabilities and where my inspirations and my where my goals are in life, how they align with that in, from a pure space? Tell us about your your path into uh, into yoga. You keep it brief, but I, I, before we get into some deeper questions, I want to make sure the audience um, has some context on how you transitioned from military veteran to yogi extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. So I did you know five years in the Marine Corps, and then became a government contractor, and that's when I did most of my travel to the war zone and the war theater. So I did a few dozen TDYs uh, back and forth for ten years consistently. I think my final number was 40, 41 to 42 TDYs. I can't remember, but it's way too many. <laughs> and in the middle of that uh, was around 2008, where I sustained some injuries, uh, was dealing with the deepest, darkest point of my life, uh, depression, suicidal thoughts, like coming back and forth, losing my girlfriends, noticing I was being an asshole to everybody, noticing my demons coming up, and I didn't know how to deal with them. And physically being broken where I couldn't use my coping mechanisms for stress, like going running or going out and exercising, the things that I usually would use for a coping mechanism, I had to look at other things. And I had to give up what I thought back then, give up my man card. You know, I was a Marine. I was tough. And that was what I was in my head. And I'm not going to do yoga. But I got beaten down so hard and was such a, in a dark place that I had no choice and luckily, my roommate took me to a yoga class, and I found that physical piece that I was looking for. But when I was lying there in my first corpse pose during my class, uh, it was like 10 minutes long, and something clicked. I felt something I hadn't felt in years where I had that sweetness and that other side of me, that healing side that I hadn't even tasted for so long. Uh, it was so apparent to me that that's the path that uh, I wanted more of that. Whatever it was, I wanted more. And that was a turning point in my life where I really, it was right away. When I found yoga, I dove right in because I found the benefits right away for myself and what I was dealing with. That's amazing. And, and there's a part of that story that I hadn't, haven't really heard you specifically mention before, and that's that last part where uh, about you being there in that course pose and something clicking and, and feeling something you hadn't felt in, uh, in for however long. What then, was that enough motivation to pursue yoga and to pursue that life? It was enough to make me look at it. You know, being a Marine and being programmed like this, yoga was a feminine-looking exercise. And 
You know, we're a program, we're a product of our environment. We do a lot of things that our brothers do around us, and doing yoga was not one of them. So it was enough to make me do yoga and hear shit from my fellow Marines telling me, I can't believe you're going to do that. Why are you doing this? You know, talking trash, and I had to stand up to them because I felt it enough to me that it felt like the right thing to do. And going back to the warrior mentality, it's like doing the right thing even when others – feel it's not the right thing getting naysayers you know that makes sense absolutely and it, it's funny you say that because one of the most i don't mean this is a slight but one of the most stereotypical marines that i know is doing yoga right now and it's i think every man who has looked at yoga as a feminine thing and let that be the reason why they let that be their barrier of entry once they've tried yoga once, realize how tough they're not uh, when it comes to what their body is capable of doing. And uh, you realize how many different parts of your body isn't as strong as you thought it was or how much um, how much endurance you have uh, for certain things. Uh, I knew that I tried I had I tried yoga for the first time by myself in my in the convenience of my own room. So failing was there was zero consequence to failing. And it immediately justified why I would want to do yoga. Because so I was like, holy smokes, I can't do this very well. Like that what she's doing on the screen is impossible for me to do right now. And I'm struggling just to get halfway there. Uh, tell us about your evol- like your progress in that. Like how long did it take until your body was comfortable and capable of doing so many of the yoga routines that we see, uh, like, in the YouTube videos and such. First of all, it's it's very humbling when you start taking yoga for the first time, Uh, being a Marine and working out and doing the typical things that we do in the fitness world. So when I see, like, a girlfriend dragging her her boyfriend in that happens to be a Marine, or I can see uh, their look in their eye, like, oh, I can't believe I'm here, it's my job to kick their ass and leave them in a puddle of sweat, first of all. So, And I usually do that quite well. Like you said, yoga is very challenging when it needs to be. But for myself, the transition, it was hard. It was very hard for me. I went five days a week for six months, the first six months that I, that I tried yoga. And I was injured, so I couldn't travel uh, during that time frame. So I really needed something else. And it, it was nothing but positive for rehabbing my injuries that I had. But... Sitting for long periods of time in meditation was like torture for me. Doing some of these poses and trying to manipulate my body was just not happening. And it physically hurt. And I was still stubborn in trying to force these things when they my body wasn't ready. So it took a good year before I finally was beating my head up against the wall, trying to force all these poses that I couldn't do yet. As soon as I let go of that, that push in my head, it was like another switch where my body started to relax and let go. But I had to mentally let go of having my attachment to that goal of getting to that pose. And as soon as I let it go, it was it was a magical transition where things just started happening in my body physically, letting go. And I could do a lot of these flexible poses that I was seeing. Um, but it, it was a painful process and it's very humbling along the way. Any relaxation practice, and I, I would definitely consider yoga one of these practices where it, it becomes a paradox the more you try to do it. You know, obviously effort is involved in, in concentration, but um, like with meditation and relaxation and, and a lot of uh, relaxation t- uh, type 
uh, practices, it becomes such a paradox to try to, like, force yourself into it or to, like, put, like, mental effort into, like, fo- like trying to do something. Yeah, it's when the more you try, the harder it is, and the more you let go, it's it's crazy how things unfold and the practice gives back to you, but also things around you in life become easeful as opposed to swimming upstream when you're forcing things. Have you, have you seen the, the movie Office Space? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, there's that, there's, you know, the, probably the key point in the whole movie is when he decides just to not go into work, you know, and then he seems to be, like, in a state of euphoria. Um, I've noticed that to be, when I am successful into getting yoga and meditation and mindfulness, when I'm successful getting it into my routine, not just doing it when I think I should do it or when I, like, oh, I'm stiff, I should do yoga, but, like, making a regular practice, there's times where I experience that euphoria of just, like, you know what, screw everything else, I feel great. Did you, like, did you you ever experience, like, when did you first experience that as you were doing some of these healing practices? It's, it's very early. Like I said, the the relaxation pose and relying on your back and call shavasana, this corpse pose. The the teachers I was going to class with, you had a very rigorous class, and then at the end you had a deep relaxation, like eight to ten minutes. Uh, there was no question. Like I was trying to relax and thinking about it, but after a while I was just letting go, and that's where I was finding these deepest relaxations and these parts of me that I didn't know existed, where I didn't have to do anything at that point. And throughout the rest of my practice, when every time I was trying and trying and trying to meditate and sit here, it's very distracting. My pain, like sitting up in a seated position uh, with legs cross-legged for me, it was just torture. And I had to realize I didn't have to sit like that perfect Buddha statue. I could sit in a regular seated stance or I could sit in a chair. And so finding some of these modifications where I didn't have to be like everybody else, I didn't have to look like that Lululemon fitness model, like I could modify and make the practice my own. And when I started to develop uh, that adaptability is when I really saw everything start to get useful in the practice. One of the best pieces of advice that I got on meditating was to not expect anything and to, and I think when you're when you're new to this stuff, especially meditation, you expect an epiphany <laughs> at some point. Like you, like when I'm done with this, I'll have my problem solved and I'll know how to better. You know, like you 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 expect to sort of like have this spiritual discovery inside this 10 minute window that you decide to uh, to meditate. When you, uh, I know that you also practice meditation. I don't know if that happened around the same time as yoga, but Tell us about your learning experience into getting into meditation as well. So the meditation, I had a martial arts background um, before I found yoga, and I did have a meditation practice. So that part was familiar to me, and I would get to a point of where I would have that euphoria or that aha moment, like, wow, this is what it feels like. I'd get a taste of that bliss. And all it was was a layer, and then you're into the next layer. And I'd go a year or so through my yoga practices and different teachers and I'd travel around the world and I did the retreats and study with amazing people. And in those moments, I'd get to another point where I was just sitting there in my meditation. I remember one time in 2009, I was in Bali. Uh, It was a huge, huge moment where I 
I heard uh, kirtan, which is the chanting music you hear traditionally in yoga. I had no idea what it was, and I just felt this euphoria pouring over my body. I felt like I just transcended to another layer, and there I was, and it was just another layer, but I was more aware of what was going on around me. I was more aware and familiar with that feeling of connecting with the source within. And that was back in 2009, and here we are in 2016. I've had several deep moments like that, and each moment is just another layer, like an onion, where you're going into the layers of your, your physical body, letting go, going into letting go of the mental thought patterns that we're programmed to have, connecting with who you really are, and getting away from what we're programmed in society to be. So it's, it's more so every layer you get past, you kind of settle there, and then you're, you look for the next layer. Uh, and it's never ending. Like, it's, this is life. We're human beings. We're here for a reason, and we're here to experience life. But um, the, the journey to go within and connect with your soul is, is what, I'm, what I've been on this path and, and what I feel the most, um, most blissful in my life when I'm searching and finding those moments of euphoria, like you said. So, Justin, we, we've, we've talked to the audience about who you are, who, about what it means to be a warrior, introduced your journey into yoga and meditation and, and other healing arts. So let's talk about Vetoga then, because as a, a decent portion of my audience, uh, our military members are veterans, they're family and friends of veterans. Um, so tell, them, uh, tell us about uh, first, you know, what inspired the idea to create Vetoga and then sort of what it is now. Okay. So inspiration, I was a yogi and starting in 2008. And I was traveling back and forth to Iraq, Afghanistan a lot uh, as a contractor. And when I was out there, I was doing my own yoga practice. And I noticed everybody around me like, hey, you want to lead a class? So I started teaching out there before I even knew what I was doing. And after a while, I was noticing how much people loved it. So I wanted to educate myself. So the reason I became a yoga instructor and did the teacher training was to educate myself so I could teach classes overseas and give them those moments of stress relief that I was finding working in those high-stress environments in a war zone. And that was the initial thought. And throughout the years, like, I was, you know, I was working as a contractor. I was making good money. I was taking vacations. I was doing education classes, continuing getting teacher trainings in yoga and build my resume as a yogi. And I always am grateful for what I have and those thoughts of gratitude and what and how can I give back from taking and learning all this yoga and sharing this practice with, with others like me that may not have the ability or opportunity to find this path. So that was the idea that was a seed planted a few years ago. Uh, and I didn't stop my travel to the war zones until 2014. And I promised myself a year off to get myself right, to deal with my demons, to get myself in a good place to where I could form something. I still didn't know what it was going to be. But in 2015, uh, the beginning of the year, it came to me very clearly to start Vitoga, and we launched in May of 2015 for the nonprofit organization. And Vitoga's mission is to bring yoga, meditation, and other healing arts to military veterans, law enforcement, emergency responders, their families and communities, and very, really much focusing on families and communities because without a support system in place, we we all know what path that leads to, and um, we want to find bring these healing arts and yoga to these people who need it most, but we also want to build a collective community around them to support them. That's amazing. And I think the 
it's so important, and I tip my hat to you, for recognizing the support system around the veteran as well. Um, and, I, and that was something that we noticed in uh, the interview we did, did with you for the video um, was just how inclusive it was because I think one thing that the veteran community and ha- I think one thing that, that society has done in falling short of giving back to the veteran community is acknowledging how much sacrifice is being done uh, inside the family. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I tip my hat to you, sir, for, for m- including that uh, segment of the veteran space and making sure that they're uh, given the opportunity as well. Well, I recognize it, you know, like I said, Right around 2000, before I found yoga in 2008, 2009 time frame, those dark moments I was in, when I, I'm real, I have a great family and I have a great friend community around me and support system. And I still was teeter-tottering on the idea of suicide and these thoughts and darkness that was consuming me. So I always imagine what it would be like if I didn't have that. There's no question I would have quickly went down a very bad road. And I never forget that. And the more people I meet that are on the similar path, it's the same thing I hear. They talk about their support system. And particularly the spouses, there's people with PTS that come back, uh, the veterans, you know, it's a 90% divorce rate. And that's, that's extremely high. And after divorce, there's other things that unravel. And if you don't have a support system, it could spiral really quickly into a spiral of hell. So, I'll never, I never forget that. I'm always grateful for what I have, and I know how important the support system is, including family, uh, community, and friends. So, Justin, one of the routine questions on the show is, um, what challenges are you facing, either personally or professionally, and what are you doing to better overcome them? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, one of the first things was dealing with my own demons, my my anger, my reactivity, the the residual effects of working in a high-stress environment for all those years. And once I settled, uh, before starting this nonprofit, I felt like I was in a good place. Uh, but it presented its other challenges. Uh, the business side of things, starting a nonprofit, I had no idea what it was to take to start a nonprofit. And I had a small yoga business just teaching freelance yoga at that point, but it's a totally different beast. And just surrendering to ask for advice, to reach out to people that have done this path, was being humble and asking for help. So my challenges were letting go of my own uh, pride and my stubbornness that I had around me was to reach out to others to help me uh, build this business and make it successful so I can reach those who need it most. You know, the the name of the show, Fuel for Warriors. Um, What is the fuel for your warrior? What is getting you up every morning? What ultimately inspires you? What inspires me is seeing the results and hearing back from these people that do come to my classes, getting emails, getting um, voicemails from people, texts, that it just things that blow my mind that continue to this day. And I was teaching for a long time, and I had people in my classes. I had no idea what their stories were. This is before Vetoga. And they'd keep coming. They were quiet. And after, you know, I there's been – dozens of examples but one this woman came in she's like for some reason tonight you talked about um the the spouse and her relationship and how important that is to to veterans and she's like my husband and i just got divorced last last week and we tried and tried and it wasn't wasn't right and he tried to commit suicide several times and i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore and 
I don't have the strength anymore and I didn't know what I was going to do. And she's like, just hearing that you guys actually care and coming to a yoga class and being able to find a safe space where I could just let go of everything and be here has just changed my outlook on life. And I want to thank you. And that's just one example. And I, like I said, I get students all the time. It never ceases to amaze me these how much it is impactful you don't know what you're doing until you get hear back from these people and it's so powerful to hear where they, they were in the darkness they were looking at and you would have no idea looking at them you just think it's another person in your class but i think that they i like what you i like uh that you experienced because i've experienced similar things with the one to any project and it really is um you know i don't know what sort of time frame you've envisioned that toga to be a part of your life but um, I know that, like, with One Too Many, I thought it was going to be just a short-term, finite thing. And because of those type of responses, I felt obligated to continue it and um, to make it available for people. And uh, I'm sure you've experienced uh, similar inspirations with uh, stories that you just, just shared with us. Um, what, uh, I think before I let you go, one question I have for you is, what has surprised you about your work in yoga, especially with veterans? Is there anything um, that sort of, as you got into this idea of sharing yoga with veterans, is there anything that sort of surprised you, taking you back on either success or challenges? Or well, So one thing particularly right now is, you know, I put this, I launched in 2015, in May of 2015, and my goal was to have monthly classes in D.C. and do a yearly festival in that was my only grounds to, to start, and I didn't know where it was going to go. And that was successful. We were doing our monthly classes. We are planning the festival. And then I created this teacher training that will be in November of 2016, which is going to bring in veterans and teach them to become yoga instructors. So I put that offering out there. I wrote a teacher training program. I got it accredited by Yoga Alliance. And I put it out there for those who want to be a yoga instructor that are veterans please sign up. And I, on a daily um, emails I get for from veterans and military and spouses that have emailed me that have interest in this teacher training, uh, if a successful teacher yoga program, you know, if you get 10 to 15 people, that's considered a success. I have 25 plus people that have, that want to take this, this program in a short amount of time since I even put the word out and hearing, and part of the, the induct file is tell me a little bit about yourself and why you want to become a yoga instructor and i'm floored every day of people's backgrounds their sacrifice what they've done in their life and what has brought them to where they want to become a yoga instructor and why and those are the things that continue to surprise me every day and it's 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 like a new story and it's real person behind that email and i always reach out and connect to them um, and have a personal interaction with them afterwards so i did not expect this and it just continues to to humble me and make my heart warm to see that others like me have been searching for something like this and Vatoga's providing that for them and to see them reach out is is very surprising and rewarding that's amazing that is really cool that's uh be, being a yoga instructor that's uh that's something i may have to put on my on my bucket list becoming a certified yoga instructor we can take care of you and do that yeah, I think the first step though is be being uh, getting my body to be able to do half of the things that I, <laughs> that I see your body do. Hey, we got the monthly we classes, watching. brother. We'll see you there. You know. Yeah, I, w- I really, I really hope to go to yesterday's, but uh, got tied down with some things that needed to happen before the week started. Which, 
uh, it was probably the more reason why I should have gone, right? I mean, that's, that's what's fun. That's what's funny about yoga and meditation and a lot of this stuff. The busier you are, the more necessary it is to do these things. You'll get there when the time's right. Absolutely. Justin, thank you so much for your, for the time. Um, I know your time is valuable. I appreciate it. And if anybody is interested in Vetoga or collaborating with you, how, they, how can they get a hold of you? So go to vetoga.org. Um, and then on the website, if the teacher trainings are a big push right now. So we have a, a GoFundMe campaign. We're raising funds to sponsor these veterans to become yoga instructors. So paying for their teacher training, which is uh, gofundme.com backslash vetoga. And there's a Facebook page if you search for Vetoga and Instagram and Twitter also. Uh, we post on Facebook our monthly classes and our quarterly events when we're doing events for veterans. And any fundraisers we're going to do, we also post on there on the website. Wonderful. Justin, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to head over to lockandloadjava.com using promo code FUELFORWARRIORS for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to lostinentertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.